You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases with no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. And we are about to do another bride guide episode. All right. I don't know what y'all been told, but it's the last week for you to shop our exclusive bachelorette merch over on the Betches shop. We've got the bachelorette party swag that your bridesmaids actually want. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to save your squad. All right. I'm trying to help them out through you. So head over to Betches.co slash brides to shop the collection now. And please don't wait. All right, so it's the it's a little bit less than a month, but I have a wedding coming up in Vermont, and I've been manifesting this wedding for a very long time. I love being outside, so <laughs> anytime I have a client who's like, I want to get married on a farm, I'm like, sign me up. I love difficult challenges. I love being outside. I love venues that have no running water and power. I've never done a wedding at the same venue twice, I guess. Yeah, I haven't worked at... I keep the, I've never worked at the same venue again. It's like I work at one and then I'm on to the next. So I don't, and maybe that, yeah, there, there's so many reasons to explain why I, you know, I move on so quickly, but <laughs> ultimately I love new spaces and places and I love new challenges and I love when my clients are bringing new venues to us. So, so ultimately I want to talk about today kind of what I've been experiencing this past month. Our couple is super, they're super energetic. They're really cool. They're kind of artsy and they just want a good party. And the bride is from Colombia. We were originally going to go to Colombia. We were going to go to Cartagena. And then we even looked at Bogota and a lot of things happened, but we ultimately ended up in Vermont. Um, the groom's family friend has a farm and it just really worked out really beautifully. But we didn't book the venue until really, really late. So everything has kind of been full steam ahead. So we're still putting some of the pieces together. And I do not advise this if you are trying to do this yourself. But <laughs> um, disclaimer, hire a professional um, like us to do this last minute. We're I'm very excited. I love the rush of this and it does feed my spirit. But ultimately, I want to help you guys understand what you should be doing the month of the wedding because <laughs> as I'm the month out and I'm still picking linens, it would give, I know it would give some of you guys anxiety, but every couple is different in their process. You should never feel like that you're behind on something. Just get it done. As long as it gets done before the wedding, it's on time <laughs> to me, <laughs> but I'm a bit of an unorthodox planner. We get it done and it's always seamless. It's going to be beautiful. So I want you guys to hear from a professional that sometimes you're not always going to meet those deadlines. But as long as it gets done before the wedding, it's done. <laughs> um, to ease your stress, you should have a better timeline. But ultimately, I'm going to tell you what we're doing now the month before the wedding. Um, so my suggestions. So the Bride Guide episodes, these are episodes where I'll be deep diving into topics like setting up a timeline, creating a budget, finding that right florist, and so much more. But I'll also be pulling real questions from our bride's inbox. So make sure to send in your wedding day dilemmas to brides at betches.com. I have two questions I'm going to answer, and I'm very excited to share some insight there. So let's jump right in. Your wedding is a month away. What should you do? 
And I would even say do this somewhere around the six week mark. I'm also a phone person. I'm not a, I don't like writing really long emails where everyone is blue lining and red lining and cross, like that's, that drives me insane. Uh, so I send videos. I, my form of communication is very different. So when I'm a month out or about six weeks out, I want to have a physical phone call and a video call so I can share my screen with every single vendor that is coming to the wedding. And most of the time I'm working with anywhere between 15 to 20 vendors per event. So you can imagine you need six weeks to get this all done, right? And a lot of times what I find beneficial is scheduling calls specifically with vendors that are necessary to each other. So let's say you're doing an outdoor wedding that has a tent, it's got bathroom trailers, it's got rentals, it's got generators. So for me, all of those people have to probably load in around the same day or the loading of the tent needs to happen before the generators can come or maybe the bathroom trailers have to be on site so that, because sometimes we don't have access to the home, so the people that are loading in and everything, they actually need to be able to use the bathroom. So it's playing a little bit of game of Tetris, but that's why I want to hop on a call to make sure everyone knows what the game plan is. And so through these calls, you're able to have really robust conversations about what your expectations are for the day. And you're also able to really troubleshoot really well in living color. (laughs) So I just showed my age. If anyone watched that show, it was absolutely hilarious. But anyway, about a month before that six weeks marks, before your wedding, this is actually when your vendors are becoming laser focused on your event. No one's really like, other than your planner, if you have one, no one is really focusing on your event because they have so many other ones. You kind of get their main attention around that four week mark where they're like, oh, what's your timeline? So this is that time to schedule the call with them to say, this is what we're doing. This is how it works. These calls are also really helpful to air out questions with your catering team. Make sure all of your details are organized as far as your guest count. I would say your guest count is generally due two weeks before the event. This is the time that six, four week mark is your time to start calling those stragglers. This is the time, again, during that call with your catering partner. I say also have your, if you can, maybe have the rental company on if they are tag teaming. Let's sometimes your rentals are being delivered. Your catering company is the one that's setting up. So you want to make sure timelines are synced. Everyone understands what breakdown needs to look like. I think having your venue understand load in, load out, all of the vendor partners as well is going to be great. This month mark is also a time where you want to get your insurance details together. So working with an insurance provider, there's so many options. I'm not going to quote any because I don't want anyone to come after me, but Find insurance, people. Um, I would say work with your venue to ask them about insurance providers that they usually work with, and they can generally give you a suggestion. But this month of month out mark, make sure you're you you have a COI of insurance, and that's a care of insurance to protect you if anything happens to your guest, if you might happen to burn down the venue because of a candle. But make sure you're covered, and make sure all of your vendors have a care of insurance to protect you. Um, Because if they don't, I do believe you're held liable, but I don't want to get too much into legal jargon there. Make sure everyone that's coming in the door has some insurance that protects them if anything happens to them and also if anything happens to your guests. Now, talking about your guest list, make sure you're calling those last stragglers, finding out if they're coming. Organize your um, dietary restrictions. This is a great time to make sure you're really clear on 
who can't eat what and make sure you're working with your caterer to really fine tune what that meal option looks like. This is also a great time to um, work through your seating chart and your day of stationery. So your day of stationery generally includes, I always say my basics are some type of welcome sign, not necessary, but a nice to have. Think about directional signage. So if there's a if there if you have a venue that might be outside or is rather complicated, consider some signage that's branded so that people can either find the bathrooms, they know which way, which path you want to go um, for them to get to a ceremony or a cocktail hour. So think through your directional signage. This is also a time for you to think through your bar signage. So if there's specialty cocktails or maybe you're doing a really great beer and wine and you wanna highlight those elements, make sure you get all of those menu details from your catering partner. And maybe you're designing them yourself, great, or you're sending them to a stationer to design. Either way, make sure you're getting all the text, the right spelling, all of the ingredients so that you know exactly what needs to go on your stationery so that you're able to identify you know, a gluten-free meal or a vegan meal or whatever it might be, make sure you're able to have those dietary restrictions outlined with the ingredients in front of you. Also, with your day of stationary seating chart situation, work with your caterer to identify if they need... To, this is this is something that generally gets some of our couples tripped up because when you're booking your caterer or when you're booking your venue and they have food in-house, one of the first questions you really should be asking is, what is due at that month of March? So that way you're able to prepare yourself. And a lot of times what's due is they need to know exactly what people are physically eating. And at some venues, they're like, people can make a selection on the day. It's no problem. And others have one meal option and it's the same throughout unless you're vegan or whatever and you have a dietary restriction, then your meal is completely different. But I would say when it comes to the seating chart day of stationary, sometimes this tricks people because they're like, oh, I did not know I needed to provide, I needed people to choose the chicken or the fish. So if you did not ask and your caterer's like, I need to know how many chickens there are, and you're like, I didn't do that. No worries, it's fine, breathe. All you just need to do now is send out an email to everyone and have them choose the chicken or the fish. This, like, yes, it would have been better if you had it on a website for them to choose their meal option, but you didn't. Don't give yourself any, this is your first wedding. You're going to make some mistakes. So just let it go. So ultimately just send out something that says, hey guys, it looks like we need to provide your menu selection and do not share with them the physical meal because people will be like, well, I don't like name the protein and that's it. Do not need to, you do not need to give the entire menu item list with the salad for just say, do you want the chicken? Do you want the fish, the beef, or are you vegetarian? Like pick one of these, just give them one word and then let them pick it. And then something other venues also need regarding day of stationary seating charts is they will need to, sometimes they will need to know exactly where people are placed at the table. So right now with our Vermont wedding, the catering said they needed to know it, but also I'm a strong advocate for place cards. So place cards and escort cards are very different. Escort cards are what escort your guests to a physical table. Place cards are what place your guests at a physical seat. I am someone who does not like to think as a guest, and I think your guests probably are like me. I want to go to an event 
and I want every I want someone to tell me exactly what to do at all times. So <laughs> I also like rules and I like structure and I like a lot of things. But when I walk when I've been escorted to a table and it says, "Hey Fallon, you're at table 10." I got my little card. I'm walking to table 10. I'm so excited. I want to look around and I like to look down at the table and I like to see that my name has also been put in a seat. And that that shows me either and sometimes they didn't really think about it, but that means someone took the care to identify the person's persons I should be sitting next to and that it's because that there's a reason for conversation to evolve it's there there's a reason I always think that someone put this together magically and these are my people so there's a reason I'm at this table it is for me I love it when there's a place card now on this place card again this is the one that places people in their seats it should have some icon it should have some decal it should have some marker that your catering staff is able to identify rather quickly that lets this lets them know exactly what meal option I chose. And it's super helpful because that means they don't have to walk around. They don't have to take menu orders because what happens is people will say, I want the chicken on your RSVP card. They get to the wedding and then they're all, all of a sudden they've become vegetarian. And you're like, well, you, you were not a vegetarian when you said you want a chicken. We've already counted for your chicken you can't change your mind. So, <laughs> so it's helpful. I, I mean, I, I do love it when a server walks around and confirms just, Hey, we have you as the chicken. Um, we have a dietary restriction of no onions or whatever it is. And you're like, yes, yes, that's me. So it allows them. I like that smoothness, but it allows them to confirm to make sure everything is okay. But also if they didn't do that, the card is great because it just lets them see it and they can move on. And when they bring all the plates out, they know exactly where this person is going because there's a chicken decal on the bottom or there's a small C and you can work with your stationer or work, or you can come up with it yourself and Google some cool options, but there's tons of ways to do those little markers in a discreet fashion that doesn't look like you're writing the word chicken big on the front of this card. So seating chart, day of stationery, bar signage is another one. And I think I mentioned that one already. Gift card signs, like gift, gift like if you have a gift box or something just signs or whatever you might need for that those little touch points but i would say when you're thinking of your day of stationery i would say walk through the venue one more time just to get a feel for it and identify places that might trip up people or places where you want to put something that gives people direction of like what to do like some people have those polaroid cameras and a guest book but there it's not sometimes it's not really clear what you want me to do here so just make things extremely plain for people, especially when drinks are involved, because then before you know it, that Polaroid camera is in someone's bag. Like, I thought they were giving up Polaroid cameras. So <laughs> make it really, really plain what you want them to do. And if you're not doing signage, consider someone stationed at activities that you may have around the wedding. Like if you're doing those um, typewriter message things, like have someone there to kind of help promote it, get people to do it, pull people off the dance floor to do it. Like that's something to consider as far as a day of scenario. Whenever I'm working with a new couple, the first thing I tell them is do not walk, run, make sure that your registry is with Zola, go do it now, period. 
But little did I know, Zola can help you plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. They're way more than a registry. So they've got free planning tools like a customizable checklist. You can do websites. You can find venues and vendor discovery. Like there's there's so many things that are accessible on Zola. So everything on Zola is designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible and with invites that are fun to create. And of course, my favorite, the wedding registry, packed with gifts you actually want. Zola can take you basically from save our date to thank you so much without even breaking a sweat. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go. Game changer. Zola makes wedding planning easy and stress-free. They're the first and only stop you need to make on your wedding planning journey. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Zola will give you expert guidance and unparalleled support. Their wedding pros are on call to walk couples from question to answer anytime. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Generation Tux understands that coordinating suit and tux looks for your wedding party can be overwhelming. That's why they make it easy, convenient, and stress-free with online suit and tux rentals that allow you to do everything online from the comfort of your own home. Generation Tux specializes in high-quality men's formal wear rentals starting at $149 and award-winning five-star customer service. You can choose from 25 styles of suits and tuxedos and thousands of accessory color combinations. Test drive your wedding looks with a free home try-on and swatches for color matching your wedding hues. When you rent with Generation Tux, you'll experience a fully online platform with a guaranteed fit algorithm. They basically make coordinating your wedding party's rentals a breeze with groomsmen management tools. Best of all, you and your wedding party will receive round-trip shipping with head-to-toe looks delivered 14 days in advance. And you can try Generation Tux for yourself by visiting generationtux.com. Build your head-to-toe looks, get free swatches, a free home try-on, and manage your entire wedding party online. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-T-U-X.com. So we've done a monthly call. We're, we're doing our final guest count. We're getting people a place to sit. This is also when the music is becoming crystal clear to my clients about the songs they actually want to dance to. And I know we just did an episode on music. (laughs) So if you're already thinking about this, great. But this is a time where your DJ is probably asking you for songs and you want to make sure that you have a clear list of any markers or like, I only want to dance for one minute or we've been to dance lessons and they haven't gone that well. So we're just going to do this for 30 seconds. So get clear on exactly what the music portion should look like from entrances. If you're doing mixes or transitions or anything really cool, make sure you're communicating exactly what your expectations are with your DJ. Also major key, talk to your DJ about the pronunciation of your names any name that he or she is pronouncing, please get like a phonetic spelling, especially if it's something that's unusual. And I'm like, I think every name's unusual at this point. Like, (laughs) so get it a very clear understanding of how do your, how are your names pronounced and how you want to be formally introduced into the wedding. Are you taking last names? Because if you don't tell them, they will automatically go to the default mission, which is you were taking your groom's last name so or whomever your partner is last name. So 
I would say make sure it's very clear on are you the newlyweds? Are you the couple for the first time? Mr. and Mr., Mrs. and Mrs. Like you need to make it extremely clear because their default is going to be the norm. And we all know what that norm is. So <laughs> make sure you're you're extremely communicative there. Also walk through that timeline with them and the catering partner because sometimes your DJ will will want to throw in a dance set or want to get people up in hype and your catering partner is like, I need everyone seated, please, so we can get through this. So really make sure that they are in tandem on when music should be upbeat, when it should be down, when it, you know, all of those things. And if you're working with a band, this is a great time to start discussing breaks because sometimes when the band comes in, sometimes they want to eat during cocktail hours so they can maybe perform the entire dinner or they take a break during dinner. So you want to make sure that everyone knows exactly what's happening, the formalities throughout the evening. Also for your photo and video team, they should know exactly when you're doing toast and when their vendor meal is so many times. I, I am sitting down having a vendor meal with the photographer, with the video guy or girl, and it's me, my team. We're all sitting down having our two minutes of lettuce that they serve us with rice. And, and then all of a sudden we hear a toast happening and someone's gone rogue and started doing a toast. But the moment that they do that, they don't realize that the photographer isn't available the video person is still here with me and we're all enjoying a meal and no one is capturing that moment. And they could have just said something that is ultra magical and no one was there to capture it. So make sure that your photo video team and your DJ and your catering know exactly when toast and formalities are happening. If they go rogue and if someone just gets up and does it, or if you make a, a gut decision, that's great. Just make sure did you want the team in there to help you? So, like, so just make sure all the key players are there and they're that are necessary to make this come to life because sometimes they're missing and your mom just said something really awesome and no one got it. Um, so that's under kind of like your music entertainment front. Also, if your band or someone needs to learn a song, um, I know sometimes there's cultural um, songs that you're like, we want to do this cool thing. Your band sometimes will actually learn it and it's that's great, but they need some time to do that. So make sure you're having some robust conversations about your expectations from your band on learning any cultural or traditional songs. You definitely need more than six weeks. So I'm just going to throw this out here is like, think about that now if your wedding is months away. Um, so next up, I would say after you're having all the conversations with your team, organize all of your vendor payments and... I like it when the month before the wedding, everyone's paid in full. And the only thing that will be left is anything miscellaneous that comes up last minute if you decide to extend at the night, if you add more vendor meals. And I'm going to put a pin in this payment thing. Feed your vendors, please. For vendor meals, when I reach out to my vendor partners, I ask them for how many people will need a meal on the day. And I ask them for dietary restrictions. So because not everyone eats chicken or beef. I'm the vendor that's usually the outlier. So make sure your catering partner is up to date on that and make it clear of when they need to eat and make sure the meal is hot. So many times we get vendor meals that are salads and and something not recognizable. And we've been working at this point sometimes like at 10 hours and we've been on our feet and our mouths are dry and we haven't had water and we, we look a little crazy. 
So if you feed us, we will perform a lot better. Trust us. Work with your catering team on those vendor meals um, and, and also work on, the, on them to make sure that they are served also during the time that you were eating dinner just because that's when, that's when everyone's sitting down eating and nothing is happening as far as a formality. We can take that break. We can eat, get back up, and then we can go. So back to final payments. Make sure all your final payments are taken care of in advance. Also inquire about gratuity. Sometimes gratuity, most of the time, gratuity is not included in what you're paying. The fee is the fee. It is not gratuity. Gratuity is a nice gesture that you want to give someone that says, I understand that you have gone above and beyond. You spent 16 hours plus plus on your feet holding a camera that weighs like 20 pounds, switching it, moving it back and forth, changing the dials, rolling on the floor, capturing the perfect shot. You've been in the sun. You've been around the mosquitoes. Fallon, we know you've been lifting tables. And well, I don't really lift tables anymore. That was my old life. But anyway, <laughs> there's, I have a team of people and we manage the people that lift tables and move things around and we're yelling and we're barking and we're like, move that over there. So make sure you're, you're giving a gratuity to everybody that you can. It does not have to be much. It does not have to be something crazy wild. It should be in the form of cash. <laughs> and, and if you don't want to give cash, give a gift. Some token of your appreciation goes miles to vendors because I'm, I'm a little biased, but we work really hard to make your day come to life and we love you. So organize your gratuities, um, get your final payment sent out. Make sure you're really clear on when those payments are due. And communicate with your wedding party next. Let your wedding party know exactly what your expectations are of them. And I think that means sometimes <laughs> you need to have a moment where you sit quietly with yourself and identify what your expectations are of them. And when I say wedding party, I do not just mean the ladies. I mean the groomsmen too, or anyone in that wedding party. So a lot of times we're super hyper-focused on the ones that need the hair and makeup because their timeline just takes longer. But we don't have the expectations of what, and pardon my my pronoun usage here, but what are the guys doing? <laughs> like Sometimes they're just sitting there doing nothing. Um, so it's really understanding what are your expectations of everyone, what time you want everyone to be on site. Even if they're different times, make those times clear. How do you want them to be at a certain time? Specifically, I tell our couples, the photographer's coming at one. I want you in the hotel room by 12. By 12.30, I want your pants on. <laughs> For the ladies, the photographer's coming at one. That means I need to call probably hotel staff. I need to call someone to get the room clean. If we, that I tell the ladies, I need all of your belongings put to the side. Because if the photographer's coming at one, I don't need them capturing us in a room that looks like we threw up a bachelorette party. Like, get everything put aside. All the things moved away. If you have a dress, if you've got hair extensions, if you've got eyelashes, whatever you got, organize those details, put them to the side. If you can tell, I'm kind of like a drill sergeant on the day. Like, I love you all, but the shots are magic. So <laughs> like, make sure that room is pristine. Photographers love walking in on a clean space that they can create, lay your dress down, lay the suits down. They can actually see things and organize a beautiful shot. 
Make sure the bed is made. Make sure if you're bringing balloons, they're all organized in the way, but have clear expectations of who's helping you clean the room, who's laying out the stuff. You should prepare a list for hair and makeup. Who's going first in the chair? Who's going middle? Who's going last? Yes, that timeline can fluctuate, but you got to give people a precedent of like, your hair appointment starts at eight o'clock. So don't tell me you're still asleep at 8.15. I need you in the chair at eight. So <laughs> like you got to set those boundaries to make sure this runs smoothly. And I think I've said this before, hair and makeup will be the one thing that makes your wedding run late every single time because it is the, because it is the first activity that gets done. So make sure it's, it is extremely as or, it's as organized as your full wedding day, your hair and makeup schedule. Everyone should know what time their hair appointment is and they should know exactly when their makeup appointment is. Um, get clear on nail color. If there's a certain nail color, if there's a certain nail length that you want to see. Um, and also let them know to have their dresses steamed prior to coming um, or to figure out some way for them to steam it maybe the night before, but that you want, I always like, I let our wedding parties know, come arrived. I, there should be no final activities. There should be, you shouldn't be trying to polish your nails. You shouldn't be trying to edit anything. You should be coming to that room, set, ready, feeling fabulous. And because they're able to be them true selves, if they're not running around like, oh, I got to put my wig on. Oh, I got to put like girls, girl, come prepared, come. Everything should be done the moment you walk into the room because that energy of relaxation is paramount. And when people are running around frantic and looking crazy, it'll stress, it generally stresses me out, but it also stresses the bride out. And we don't need that. Everyone should have it done. Do everything you can so that the day of the wedding, everyone walks into that room as though they are walking into first class with just a purse. They're, all their bags have been checked. It's like, that's how I feel about first class. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be carrying a lot of bags. I don't want to have like all my snacks in my hands. Like, I want to have just one purse with a book in it and my cell phone. And I, I want to walk onto the plane, get my seat and relax. That's the mode and the mood for your wedding morning. Nadri knows it's important to find the perfect finishing touch for your wedding day. Even if you've already spent most of your budget on the dress, the venue, etc. I mean, you deserve a little sparkle. So that's why Nadri creates the most stunning, highest quality fashion jewelry with show-stopping sparkles often mistaken for real diamonds. Let's get real. You need to accessorize for the engagement party, bridal shower, rehearsal dinner, the wedding, and the honeymoon. Thankfully, Nadri has you covered with the perfect jewels for every occasion. Plus, if you need to find the perfect bridal party or mother of the bride gifts, Nadri's got you covered. Nadri jewelry is meticulously made like fine jewelry using the highest grade materials to ensure durability, shine, and that show-stopping sparkle that the brand is so well known for. When it comes to jewelry for your big day, you were in the best hands with Nadri. And best of all, you get 20% off your first order with code BETCHESBRIDE, valid now through June 30, 2024. Discount must be entered at checkout and cannot be combined with any other offer, promotion, or discount. Try Nadri for yourself by visiting nadri.com slash discount slash BETCHESBRIDE. Learn more, find the perfect jewelry, and take the quiz to find out your bridal style on Nadri's wedding shop page. All new customers will get 20% off their first order on nadri.com slash discount slash BETCHESBRIDE. That's N-A-D-R-I dot com slash discount slash BETCHESBRIDE. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. 
Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code brides20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code brides20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Talking about dresses, this is a time to work with your seamstress to figure out how your dress should be, like once you get to your destination, whether you're you're traveling with it to the Caribbean or whether you're flying with it to Europe or whether you're going to Milwaukee with it, what happens the moment you get to where you're going? How should you care for your dress? Because your seamstress generally is not there to do anything with it. Now, if some of you have hired a bridal stylist, which I strongly recommend if you can do it, they can take care of those things of making sure the dress is is taken out of the bag, it'll be in their room, they make it beautiful, they do all the things. But if you're not working with a bridal stylist, work with your seamstress to talk about the fabric and how best to get it to look its best on the day. Not every dress needs to be steamed, and that's something to discuss. And some dresses need to be lay down flat on the bed so that they don't stretch on the hanger. So work with your seamstress to ask about how, how what's the first thing you should do the moment you get to your hotel and, and get your dress out of the bag. Does it need to stay in the bag? Can it open, breathe, all the things. And then also ask about care. If anything were to happen to the dress, what are their suggestions based on the fabric for care? How to get a stain out? Do you use soap and water? Do you use pillowcases, certain towels? Do you use a tie-to-go stick? And they will have their own list of things specific to your fabric on how to take care of it. Also going back to steaming and everything for your wedding party. Sometimes I identify a dry cleaner or I work with the hotel to see if they have an in-house laundry department. And I know some people will be finicky about it, but depending on the day you arrive, I sometimes, like if I have an event, I will have my clothes, I will send down clothes that I either need dry cleaned or pressed or just steamed to the laundry people at the hotel. And they can, they let me know, they'll bring it back first thing in the morning. If your girls are coming, if your wedding party are coming with things that need to be steamed, make sure that they're arriving in enough time that the hotel can steam it or see if there's a dry cleaners that's close enough to where you guys are, where they can drop it off, get it steamed really quickly and bring it back. So I'm always pro about, convenience and I will pay to have someone else do some things, especially when it comes to a dress or an outfit for a formality event like this. I want it to look pristine and I know that me and my little hand steamer are not going to cut it. Just, I know that. So something to consider there. 
Also, when it comes to ordering those last minute things, this is another time, sit down, make a list. And this is another thing you can easily Google about things to have that you need on the day. And a lot of these things are super last minute. So just make your list and get it clear. You can order them on Etsy, support a local business. You can order on Amazon. You're probably not supporting a local business, but <laughs> also figure, choose your adventure on where you get your stuff from. Um, and also this is a great opportunity to ask other people to do things for you if you make this list. On this like last minute things list, it's usually a guest book, a cake topper, a card box, um, picture frames, because sometimes you want to highlight parents that are or parents or family members that are no longer with you. Um, if you're into the garter toss thing, I'm super anti, but if that's your jam, get your garter. Um, and also make sure your your if you are doing a bouquet toss, your florist is providing you with a a toss bouquet. You should never be tossing the bouquet that you probably spent like $300 on. You should be tossing a bouquet that's way less beautiful, especially if you plan to preserve your wedding bouquet. So they should not be one and the same. You should be tossing a toss bouquet. Other items on that checklist are things that you might need in your room, like, or just things you need in your bag. So I'm always like boob tape, nip covers, those little shoe things, shoe stoppers that go on the bottom of your shoes. And these are just things that I keep in kind of my bag. Tampons, tampons, tampons. Like, I don't know why, but it's like every one of our brides always seems to get her period on the day of the wedding. It's it like without fail. So get your tampons or whatever form you use for that time of the month. Um, and then... I always say for the groomsmen and the groom or those wearing a suit, always have an extra suit shirt. Something always happens just as people get sweaty, have a suit shirt that you can change into if things go way left. Extra ties, always have some sunglasses on hand. Let's see, other things you could order. Earring backs, I don't know why, but that's really weird. Hair stuff, like your hair ties, your bobby pins, your hairspray. Also, even though you're working with a professional makeup artist, I always um, tell your wedding party, bring their own makeup just in case because sometimes things happen and you always want to be prepared. Maybe the makeup artist got stuck in traffic. Maybe they got in a car accident. No one can come. Everyone should be prepared to do everything they need to do on their own. So even with communicating with your wedding party, let them know exactly how they need to be prepared for hair and makeup. So do they need to come with a clean face? Do they need to come with their hair washed and blow dried? And that's that will be conversations you have with your vendors. You do not need to know the questions to ask your vendors. They will tell you what they need from you. So don't feel the pressure to know these things. Just have a call with your vendors and they tell you everything that they need from you <laughs> or what you need to tell them. Also with your wedding party, give them a high level timeline and that and make sure it's cushioned. So when I was saying set the expectations of I need I need you guys in the room by 12, we need the room clean by this time, the photographer's coming at 1. If you know your people are late and generally all the people are late cuz there's always one. So if one is there, that means all. We're we are the sum of our team. We are as only as strong as our weakest link. So if there's one person and there always is, the late one Cushion that bad boy by 30 minutes. If you know the shuttle is arriving and y'all need to leave by 4.30, you tell everyone, hard stop, departure time, four o'clock. We gotta make it. You're, you should be the only one that knows about your cushion. If you tell anyone, you will fail. 
<laughs> so you know about the cushion. No one knows about the cushion. Don't even tell your partner about the cushion, especially if they run late. Don't say nothing. If you know the cushion, that's all that matters. You're going to run this ship on time. <laughs> so, okay. So back to those last minute items. If you're traveling, make sure you have a suitcase that's dedicated to taking all of these things. And also from a sustainability standpoint, unpack everything. So that way you're not there the day of the wedding un- or when you arrive in Anguilla and you're on this beautiful, pristine island and you're un- bubble wrap and plastic and the cardboard this. Do your best to unpack as much as you can and take only the item. So that way you're not creating unnecessary waste in destinations that don't deserve the Amazon box packages and the things that are left behind. And also make sure you're you're understanding exactly how many suitcases you will be checking. Plan ahead. Make sure you get those things weighed so that way you know exactly how much you need to pay prior to. Because the lot, the, I mean, just traveling alone is stressful. Traveling for a wedding is just even more paramount. Identify the weights of the bag. Work with your family to identify who's going when, when the items are needed, what's in those bags that you need right now. Use clothing to roll up the items that might be a little bit more fragile. But again, weigh those items, send some bags off to other people, or use a luggage service that gets your bags to where they need to go. But I'm telling you, plan ahead for this luggage stuff because it will creep up on you. And the last thing you want to do is be going to the airport with like buku bags to find out some of them can't make it or you're paying like hundreds of dollars of over something that could have been purchased in advance. So things to think about. Plan your meals ahead of time. Things you don't usually think about on the wedding day is eating, but you will need it. And it, you're usually, the, the couple are usually the ones who are stressed and you're overly drinking. So really make sure that there's meals that have been preset when we're working with our couples, we have we discuss with them breakfast to be delivered, whether that's yogurts, fruits, some bagels, locks, that kind of thing. We have we find a local baker or we work with the hotel to get that secured. This is also another item you could offset to a family member where they're responsible for bringing the breakfast. So whether it's donuts or getting the coffee order, make sure those or like going to Panera just place the order and maybe someone's picking it up. Just make sure it's really, really plain. And then also the same thing for lunch. When you have these things pre-organized, you don't have to think about it. And it's one less thing to have to worry about on the day when people are like, I'm hungry. It's like, great, lunch comes at 12. And that can be in your high level timeline. So again, understand your dietary restrictions and make sure there's something for everyone and get kind of like a light smorgasbord and make sure you're planning for plates You've got cups for water. Everyone should be drinking water. There should be no sodas. There should be like, I'm like, just drink water. This is a very long day. And people, people just, by the time we go into the reception, people look a little been through. So make sure everyone is really focused on drinking water, eating fruits, eating whole foods, granola bars, this kind of thing. Like make sure everyone is staying at their best. I think one last thing to note is confirm early check-in. Sometimes, Um, I think people are like, I'm just going to go check into the hotel the morning of the wedding. Yeah, well, if your hair and makeup starts at 7 a.m., have you thought through that detail all the way? So make sure if your hair and makeup starts super early, always book your hotel the day before the wedding and sleep there the night of and, and wake up in the morning. Another pro tip for the hair and makeup situation and your hotel room or wherever it is that you're getting ready, 
discuss with your hair and makeup team everything that they need for the room. And sometimes that means they need light, they need natural light, um, they need a table to unroll their stuff, and they also need a chair. If they're not bringing a light, most of the makeup artists that I've worked with have brought a light or some type of chair of some sort. Make sure everyone is prepared to make sure that this process runs kind of seamlessly. But <laughs> so if they are like, oh, I don't have a light or if I don't have a chair, just make sure you're working with the hotel and see if they can give you a room that has maybe a corner room so it has double-sided windows on either side and that you get a lot of natural light. Also, when you check into the room, I like to, so for hair and makeup, this is my suggestion, but you guys can choose your own adventure here. If you can get a suite that has two rooms in it, like super pro suggestion. So that way you have one room that you can go to if you need to decompress and like run away from people, but it's also a room that you can keep really clean. So this is the room where the bed stays made, your dress is out, your suits are out, the shoes are out, the jewelry is laid out, and this is the room where your pictures will be taken. This is where like the parent helps you in the dress or whomever is helping you into the dress. So keep one room really, really crispy clean. And then the other room is where the food will go, things will get gone crazy. But if you're only able to have one room, make sure you're designating a spot that stays clean. Generally, I suggest it being a spot near a window because your photographer is going to love you. <laughs> um, but also it's a place and there should be a closet that all of your, your wedding party can throw their stuff into and make the room look nice really quickly. But I would say just focus on making sure there is some space that you're keeping clean in the hotel room, like major key. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. I'm going to go into a couple of questions from some of our emailers. We have a question from, and it's, it's actually in tandem. So Blair, she's Blair Donna on Instagram. I think it's Blair. I, I hope I don't say this wrong, but Sheil, Shilly, Shile. Okay. I gave it three tries. I love you, Blair. She says, I'm a listener of Betch's Brides. Love you as a host, by the way. Love you too. Um, <laughs> I'm reaching out because I'm curious what your thoughts are on getting ready the morning of when you forego a wedding party. How do you decide who should be in the room, see you in your dress ahead of time, etc.? I haven't heard this addressed on the podcast yet, but I know you must have thoughts. Thanks for your time and have a great day. Well, she said night, but we're going to say day. So, <laughs> so, all right, Blair. First of all, everyone knows how I feel about no wedding party the freedom you have. So if you don't have a wedding party, then kudos to you because you really do get to curate the bodies in the room. Now, I would say the people in the room need to be the ones that when they walk in a room, your face lights up. They either make you laugh, they bring joy, they've been with you throughout your relationship, and there's someone that excites you and that you know you could not have this experience without. Now, I would also say, don't feel forced to cram this room. 
and also don't feel forced to have a whole experience with them. Sometimes what you could do in a suggestion would be maybe invite some people over on like a rolling basis. <laughs> like I would say no, you don't want this to be more than like 10 is already giving me anxiety. I would say somewhere between like five to seven. Or maybe there's like a good group of four girlfriends or guy friends or whomever it is and say, these are, this is my tribe. These are my people. And maybe your mom um, and just say, hey guys, I want to have an easy breezy morning. I'm just going to get my makeup done. Um, and you can also organize it where they can come and get their makeup done. So you have kind of like the vibe if you want to, but ultimately have some champagne, have some light snacks, have everyone come in and laugh and just hee-haw with you. And they're probably staying in the hotel, but stay with you as long as you can while you get dressed. And then maybe you're going off to your first look and then they'll go back to their rooms because they have probably a few more hours before the the wedding starts. But I would say be extremely intentional about those bodies. Don't feel forced to invite anyone. Write down a list and see how you feel. But there is generally an initial gut check that's like, if there's, I feel like when they, when I'm, on, when I'm muting someone on Instagram, it's because there was just some small inkling that made me want to mute them. It's the same thing as when you're inviting people into the space because it's an, it's an extraordinarily emotional time right before your wedding. There's, you're either extremely happy, you're a combination of happy, excited, a kind of afraid, a little like you're, it, there's an, there's an abundance of feelings happening. It's everything everywhere at all the same time. It's like that movie is like, what? So <laughs> like you need people in there that are calm, that are tranquil, but also some people who might be a little fun. And as an introvert, I love people who can stay kind of at my level. I don't need someone who's jumping around doing too much. I need people who are just kind of easy and will allow you to be your full self. If you feel like you have to perform for any of these people, they are not on the list. You need the people who are going to say yes. They're going to support you. All your, they, You know they're going to take care of you like you just had a baby or something. Like they're gonna, girl, you need some water. Let's go get her some tea. They're gonna go out and try and get lemongrass from the garden. Like they are going to do everything for you. Those are the people in the room. And you can even go through the process of giving them a small trinket to let them know how much you appreciate them and appreciate their friendship. Um, and you're grateful to share in this moment with them and this experience with them. But don't overdo it. Don't overthink it. You know the people who need to be in that room and you know the people who don't need to be in this room. Okay, as my mom would say, if you have to ask, you already know the answer. So lean into those people and do not feel disturbed by telling other people no. If you wanna keep this list internal and only keep it for certain people, only tell those people and tell those people this is invitation only. You cannot bring somebody else. This is for you and for you alone and let it end that way. All right, I got one more question. Hey, Fallon, I'm such a fan. Love you too. Um, and this is Christina. Is it baddie? B-A-D-I-I? Like a, like a bad B? Baddie? Ow. All right, cool. So I'm a September 2023 bride. Kudos to you. Doing a domestic destination wedding. I really wanted to spread the wedding out and protect the evening before the wedding. Oh, I feel you, girl. So we cannot be hungover on the wedding day. So I opted for a rehearsal lunch for the bridal party, followed by a welcome party for all guests ending at 6.30. My question for you is what should we do with our empty evening? I want to 
quotations, try to go to bed early, but we'll need to eat dinner. And I'm just not sure if we should do that with our families, maybe, or just the two of us. We're also undecided on if we'll sleep together or separate night before. Have you had couples that didn't do a rehearsal dinner and had a free evening before the wedding? And what should we do? So I love this. And I actually might start to implement this. This has to be the most, I can't even find my words. It's so great. This might be the most fabulous thing I've heard of. Again, as an introvert and someone who Irish exits generally around 7.30 from every event because my bedtime is 9.30, this speaks to me. I think that my initial thoughts are, if you're already doing something with family, great. Since it is a domestic destination, other people will want something to do. So as long as the welcome party has the ability to kind of go on further and you're giving people, the best thing about this is it ends at 6.30, which is parfait. Because then other then guests can actually go and make their own dinner reservations. And from someone who loves travel, when I go to a new destination, I love to find new restaurants that I get to try out. And sometimes you can't do that because you're forced to have this dinner with all these other people. So anyway, <laughs> you can see I love people, right? So ultimately, the 6.30 is fabulous. You get to meet and mingle. I 100% agree that you and your partner should go and have a solo dinner together. I think that is so romantic. The night before the wedding, it's like your last little single moment. And I think you guys can reflect and just enjoy each other's company and really just say, can you believe what we're going to do tomorrow? I think that is beautiful. I, I absolutely love it. I think you're on to something. So with that said, I would say as long as you're giving other people like kind of their marching orders, like, hey guys, here's some restaurants, but please choose your adventure. We'll see you tomorrow. You guys should make a reservation at some place super duper fancy. I'm talking Michelin. I'm talking James Beard Award winning, like get her hot and saucy, get the wine pairings, get the, the tasting, mint. like do go, go ham at this one if you want to. But, <laughs> and also you're doing it early enough that if you do have some wine, you know, drink your water in between and you'll still be refreshed and hopefully get to bed somewhere around the 10 o'clock mark. But I would say totally enjoy each other's company. And I don't, as someone who's, I consider myself a traditionalist for sure, I would say if you feel that you guys want to wake up together on the morning of your wedding, then do so. Do not feel obligated to have to separate yourselves um, because you want to. I know that that's something for when I get married, I would love a little bit of separation so that when we see each other on the day, there's a, there's a little bit of height. But I'm also a bit dramatic where it's like I'd probably not want to, I would probably not want to see my fiance for probably a month. <laughs> like like a month before the wedding, I'm going to go somewhere. You're going to go somewhere. So that when we see each other on the wedding, it's like game on. But anyway, so I'm very different. If it suits you to sleep together the night before the wedding, I say lean into it. Do not feel forced. Go to your fabulous dinner, ride home or have a fabulous car pick you up. You guys go. Because also at the wedding, you guys won't get much time together in all honesty. So especially if you're doing a destination Make this your time. It's like a pre-honeymoon. I love this idea. Go to dinner, have a really fancy car pick you up. If not, order an Uber XL, you know, same thing, or an Uber Black. <laughs> and then, <laughs> shout out to Uber. Um, or a Lyft, Lyft Black shirt, all the things, because you get your Delta Sky My Points. And have them take you to your hotel, walk into your suite, and enjoy your evening together. 
whatever that looks like. For me, it's a nighttime routine, doing all my mask and my teeth brushing, putting in your retainers, all the things. Do that. If you guys get to the hotel and go to separate rooms, even better. But choose your adventure. Do not feel you have to subscribe to either. Do what feels right. There's no one else telling you what to do but you. All right, guys. We love hearing about your real problems, and I love solving them. So please follow us at Betches Brides on Instagram, and please email us your dilemmas and your hot topics to brides at betches.com. That's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. You can follow me at Fallon Carter Events. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death do us part. Betches.